This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear but not understand. You shall indeed look but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears, They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word. But then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. I think we're under like a tornado watch, so if this is our last time together, this is a great place to be. Uh, the first readings from Isaiah, probably written in the, around the 6th century before Christ. It has a very straightforward revelation from God that should not be taken for granted. In that passage, God says through Isaiah that just as the rain and the snow come from the heavens, they water the earth and they make it fertile, and this produces grain for the sower and bread for the one who eats it. That happens by nature. The rain and the snow are, here's our big word for today, efficacious. They have the power to achieve the result of producing seed, which produces bread. Just so, God says, is my word. 
the Word of God, whatever truth God reveals to this world, is efficacious. It has the power within it to achieve the ends for which God sends it. God says directly through Isaiah, I send my word to this world, and it does not return to me without achieving the ends for which I send it. All the truth that God reveals to us has the end, one way or the other, of producing love on this planet through the way we live, producing justice, producing truth in this world, truth we receive, truth that comes into reality because we accept it and we live it. God's Word isn't like reading some other inspiring book. God's Word isn't like reading something that's very true and could move me. God's Word, by nature, has the power to achieve what God wants. It has grace within it. That means all of God's teaching. It has the power to achieve what God wants. So, if you accept that, which I do, I believe that's the truth, I hope it raises questions, well, what is going on? If we're all sitting here today and we're hearing God's Word through the Scripture, through the prayer, hopefully through one another in godly relationships, does that mean that all of us are going to get out of here today and produce God's love in Lawrence this week? I hope most of us will. I think most of us will. But obviously, that's not guaranteed. What is going on in this world if God's Word is efficacious that it's such a mess? Why is there always so much sinfulness in the church? Why is every faith community on the planet limited? And most importantly, get a mirror. What is going on with me? If God's Word is efficacious, explain what a mediocre, pathetic, sinful person I am. Don't explain it. It's a rhetorical question. Jesus, the Son of God, directly addresses that question, at least in some very powerful teachings, not exhaustive, in the passage we just heard from Matthew 13. So remember, in this part of Matthew, Jesus, the gospel writer, is emphasizing that many people who hear God's Word through Jesus, who meet the Son of God face to face, who see His love, experience His love, witness the miracles He's performing, they reject Him. Jesus says to his disciples three main reasons why people 2,000 years ago and today who receive his word, why it doesn't pan out the way God wants, why it turns out it's efficacious, by why, why it does not become reality. And then in the end, he gives a very hopeful teaching about why it does. So what I invite you to do this week is reopen that passage, read these three teachings, do not be intimidated. Do not be defensive. Allow this word to enter into you. And just honestly with God consider, where do I stand on these three clear teachings? So the images are all a, an agrarian image. There is a sower. The sower is the person who throws out seed. The sower is God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and anybody who is an agent of God's truth, throwing out the truth that God reveals to us. Really think about this. This should be every Catholic parent. It obviously should be every priest. It should be every single one of us sharing God's truth in this world. The sower is at work 24-7 and throwing seed everywhere. The seed is God's truth. We know as Christians that's in 
a unique way in the scripture, in the teaching of the church. It's in every true Christian act that we live with other people. The seed is the truth, God's word. The variable is the soil. The sower is always sowing. The seed is flying out everywhere, but the soil is different, and the soil determines what ultimately happens. I'm repeating this on purpose. God is always revealing God's truth. The seed is super abundant, and it is efficacious. It will achieve its end. What determines the outcome is the soil. The soil is us. So Jesus says, there is soil where, I'll skip the images, I'll just get to the teaching. We can receive God's word and not understand it. And then the evil one, the devil, comes and steals away what's been put into our hearts, into our souls. God's word comes into us. We don't understand it. And then the devil steals it away. Here's news this morning. I'm not God. I don't nearly understand all of God's truth. Not even nearly. I regularly hear God's truth. I do hear it, and I don't understand it. That's the nature of being a human being, of being limited, of being sinful. So not understanding God's truth, God's word that I receive, fine. Then what do I do? In theory, I should pursue understanding God's truth. That usually is connecting with other people who are in this with me to try to understand it more. I have absolutely the option of stopping there. I don't understand the truth I've received, and I stop. The devil is very real. The devil is always trying to take us away from God. There are many people and many ideas on this planet that are contrary to God. If I don't pursue understanding God's truth, right away, particularly in the part of the world in which we live, not so much Lawrence, but certainly Massachusetts, and in our popular culture in this country, there are ideas and people who will immediately say anything that's God's truth is false. It's even evil. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. If I don't pursue understanding the word I receive, it is very easily snatched away. Can you relate to this? If you can't, you're a liar. You should be able to relate to this. Allow this word to become efficacious. The second example, Jesus says a person receives God's truth with joy, but then some tribulation or some persecution comes along and the person falls away from the truth. I hear this teaching of the church. I hear this idea in scripture. I witness another Christian living a truly Christian life and I realize that is true. I even start to live it. But then there's tribulation. There's sacrifice that's involved. There is conversion. I have to turn away from living other ways. There is energy involved. There is a commitment involved or persecution. People around me don't like this and they go after me for this, harshly or in any, any particular way. And I am shallow. I fall away from the truth. I've got it, I've received it with joy, but then tribulation or persecution come and I fall away because honestly, I am shallow. 
Can you relate to this? Thank you to all my fellow shallow people. This is a gift from Jesus. It's not a criticism. It's a description of reality. Allow this word to remain in you and to become efficacious. Third and finally, Jesus says, we can receive God's word and we do understand it, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word of God. Let's be honest. Raise your hand if you experience anxiety. Again, Brother Rini, you're either hungover or you're lying once again in church. Everyone experiences anxiety. It's part of life. It is a natural part of being a human being. COVID's a great example. Other than very small children or people who are completely out of it, every one of us experienced anxiety during COVID. It is the way we're built. The issue is, what do I do with my anxiety? Do I put it in its proper place, or do I allow it to become so dominant that it chokes the Word of God? I come to Mass and I hear this is true and I'm kind of inspired and I'm going to get out there and work for Jesus this week, but then all the anxiety I've got chokes me and next Sunday I haven't really done anything. The lure of riches, this is humanity, every time, every place. Riches, material wealth, material stuff, it's alluring. Whether it's a lot of money or it's just that thing, by nature, mammon, material wealth, is luring. The question is, what do I do with my being attracted to material wealth? Do I allow that to be put in its proper place as an instrument of God in this world, working with it, or do I pursue it as an end in itself? Raise your hand if you have found material wealth luring you away from living God's truth. You're fourth grade, right? What grade are you in now? fourth grade, first honest person right there. This is just part of human nature. Jesus teaches about it all the time. So the question is, when I am living with my anxiety, when I am drawn toward wealth in a way that it can take me away from God, what do I choose to do? Fourth part of this and the final part of it is such a hopeful message. And I know this is true of so many of you, so many of us in this parish. It is absolutely possible to live as rich soil. Rich soil receives the seed from the sower and produces superabundantly, a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. It's different in different people, different times. Produces superabundantly because God's word is not just efficacious, it's always superabundantly efficacious. This is the person who understands the Word of God, which means having to work at this, pursuing the understanding and achieves the understanding, puts it into practice in real life and produces acts of love and justice and truth and salvation that affect the whole world super abundantly. You and I are all called to be, and we all 100% can be the rich soil. We can be people who receive the word, who work to understand it, 
who put tribulation and persecution into their proper place. I live through it. I allow God to lead me through it. And who put anxiety and the lure of riches into their proper place. We can be rich soil. We can be so happy producing abundantly for Jesus. Whoever has ears ought to hear. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.